the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode is our final in this series where we're interviewing different service partner organizations from Bethany. This is all in prep for October 21st and our Be the Blessing event where we're trying to send out over 60 people from Bethany to different organizations throughout the area for service. If you haven't signed up yet, you gotta do it. Come on, what are you waiting for? But today I'm talking with Madeline Brown. Madeline used to work at Denver Rescue Mission, which is one of those great organizations that we will be visiting on the 21st. I hope you enjoy this uh, Madeline is incredibly articulate and wise in the ways that she thinks about the work of Denver Rescue Mission and, of course, how it impacts her life of faith. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Thanks, as always, for listening. And now, a conversation about Denver Rescue Mission. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Together for Good podcast. I am on the line right now with Madeline Brown. Madeline is a young adult who participates in pup theology at Bethany and comes to worship services on Sunday. And um, Madeline also say hello first. Hello. Hi, everybody. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, Madeline used to work at Denver Rescue Mission, which is one of the service organizations that Bethany is going to be partnering with and sending people out to on October 21st as part of our Be the Blessing. So I've got you on the line now, and I'm just wondering, Madeline, could you tell us a little bit about kind of the work that Denver Rescue Mission does uh, here in the city of Denver? Yeah, so they really have um, a variety of just services that are offered. So, you know, you walk in the door um, at their day center and you do an intake and get enrolled. And then um, they've got their community center. So you get meals there, um, you can get some clothing items and things like that to get your your physical needs, you know, your basic physical needs met. And then um, from there, they've got their emergency beds available um, for um well, overnight, it's especially men experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can have beds, they can have case management to work towards stable housing. Um, they've got a transitional housing program, so that's a year long. Um, so they they work with a case manager, they apply for different housing options, they meet with um, a counselor, they do classes. Wow. So that's quite a, an extensive amount of resources they have there. Um, there's their new life program, which is um, it's, it's a relapse prevention program is the way I generally describe okay. that. Yeah. Um, so it's for men who are in recovery from substance abuse. Um, and so similar to the transitional housing program, they'll do like classes and they'll do outings with them. They'll do Bible studies, um, different groups, classes, counseling, um, and again, working towards stable housing, but with the specific focus of relapse prevention. Um, and then they've also got their working men's program. So that's a shorter term resource for single men who are working, um, but mm-hmm. trying to work towards stable housing. So again, they'll have case management um, and counseling and classes and whatnot as well. Uh, they've got their ministry outreach center. So um, people can, people in the community can go get supplies, whether it's clothing or furniture or food, um, different stuff to stock up on for their, their apartments. And so people who, um, you know, go through their transitional housing program or their new life program can make an appointment to go pick up as much furniture as they need um, for their new, their new place. 
Um, and people who complete the requirements of those longer term programs can also get a, a vehicle that's been donated. They can have a car that they receive at the end of the program too if they do all the requirements. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it sounds incredibly holistic and multifaceted. They're really thinking about a multitude of needs that people experiencing homelessness might be facing or struggling with. Is that, is that kind of a, the overall mission or like sense of things there, what they're trying to do? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would say like they're very much about, um, you know, they talk about the mission statement, meeting people at the physical and spiritual points of need with the goal of returning to society as self-sufficient individuals. So it's very much about looking at what are the mental health needs, physical health needs, um, you know, how do we help you meet that so that you can be out on your own? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and so during your time working there too, did you see, like, did, did this seem effective and helpful? I mean, do you have any good stories from your time there of success stories or, or ways that you saw this kind of program really accomplishing its goals? Yeah, I would definitely say, um, you know, especially with the longer term programs, they've got, you know, lots of time to actually, um, you know, put in applications for housing, look at, you know, whether it's like rental assistance resources or just building their support network in the community. And so, and that was a big focus for me is because a lot of what I did was case management. And so a lot of my focus was, um, you know, how do we build your support system in the community so that, um, you know, you have if you're struggling with substance abuse, if you're struggling with finances, if you're struggling with, you know, a disability, um, who can you turn to in the community for support? Um, and so I think in developing that support system, it, it helped people be successful. And I would say one of my favorite success stories was I had an individual I was working with their, their shorter term um, working man's program. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the one for the single employed men and he came in new to homelessness had just lost everything very abruptly he you know he was living with his partner who then kicked him out of their apartment and um he was living in his car for a while and then lost his car and um i mean he took those four months in that program and he ran with it he was so dedicated to you know getting a new job and getting all of his vital documents, like his ID and birth certificate, social security card, all of that. Um, so he was one who, all of the steps that I was talking about with him, he really took initiative um, and it was just really, really took it seriously and, and made a lot of headway in the four months that I was working with him. Um, so it's, it's really, um, it's inspiring to see when people yeah well said are, absolutely are so invested in in taking advantage of every opportunity that they can well and i really like what you're saying there too kind of hinting at the ways that building a community and a support system it, it is so much of what this work is about too i mean there's the practical things of getting id cards and securing housing but there's also this this inherent need of of people and community that kind of goes along with it and is part, it sounds like that's really a part of the focus of the program. Is that fair? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, we would talk about, you know, I had a supervisor who said, you know, every meeting you should be talking to them about, you know, something to do with their support system and, and who their supports are. That's something you need to focus on and emphasize in like every single meeting um, because it is an overwhelming process to get out of that, that place. Um, right. It's a heavy burden to carry by yourself. So that was definitely a huge piece of it. 
that's really great. No, that's really wonderful to hear. And, and so I know um, it's neat to know just, again, the the holistic vision of Denver Rescue Mission and what they're trying to do. And that it's not just kind of putting Band-Aids, but it's really confronting the larger um, systemic problems that lead to homelessness. And so, um, but talk to us a little bit. I, I'm, um, what will the people at Bethany be doing on October 21st when they go, if they were to go volunteer down there? I'm sure this will be something a little more short term, um, but still nonetheless helpful and interesting. So do you have any sense of what that will look like? Um, so yeah, so I know a lot of, or one of the major things that we'll have volunteers do, or they'll have volunteers do is serve meals. Um, that's been a really great way that I've seen people, you know, because it's a way to um, really actively engage with the clients who are coming in. Um, you know, you're getting to see them face to face, you're getting to hand them that meal. Um, I mean, you're, you're faced with the harsh reality of what this population is going through, but at the same time, you're getting to connect with them, you're getting to be a warm and welcoming face for them. Um, and that can be really encouraging since they're going through a really heavy experience. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's a it's a really immediate need, I'm sure, of needing a meal. Uh, but I like how you've also kind of explained that in the sense of building human connection, too, just as you were already talking about Denver Rescue Missions, looking at the wider whole and the support system. And that can begin with that friendly face, the person will, you know, who's there volunteering, serving them food. That's the start of setting them on this new path. Uh, so that, that's really neat. I, I like the way that you're kind of framing and conceptualizing all of this. Um, tell me, though, this is a question I've been asking everyone. Um, who's talking about their partner organizations. Tell me about just how, um, you know, working in a setting like that has impacted your faith over the years. Because I know um, you, you've probably worked in a variety of different settings like this, not just Denver Rescue Mission, but talk to me about working in a service organization like that and how you see it connecting with, paralleling to, informing and enhancing your faith. Yeah. I would say one of the things about Denver Rescue Mission, especially the emergency shelter side of things, because um, I spent spent about seven or eight months in the emergency shelter side and then did a little bit of time with the transitional housing program. But I would say, especially from being on the emergency shelter side, um, they're a very low barrier shelter. So they're not doing like background checks, they're not doing drug testing or anything like that. And so you're getting people from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of challenges that they're struggling with, um, all kinds of legal histories and things like that. Um, mm. all the kinds of choices that they've made that led them to be where they are. And so I think you're confronted with a population who it just, it's there, it's, it's they're they're at such a low point. And yeah. it really taught a lot about grace Treating people with dignity, regardless of what their history looks like, it's taught me a lot about showing grace, showing compassion, um, and just really meeting people where they are. Um, And instead of focusing on, well, this is what you've done in the past, let's figure out how to move forward in a more positive direction. And so, I I would say that that sense of grace and compassion is um, it was a really intense way of putting that into practice. No kidding. So well said. So well said. Uh, because it's uh, like, I mean, and, and interesting to hear the details of it, too, that the particular overnight centers that you were working at were probably taking in, like you said, all sorts of people. 
Um, not just the ones who, yeah, had all the ducks in a row necessarily, but the people who really needed a space to say, but also might've been, uh, more than a little rough around the edges. Oh. <laughs> and like so, that. yeah, I mean, and, and what a, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of your own ability of like practicing that grace and compassion, um, do you feel like it, it changed you over the time? that you're, you're more patient, you're more understanding or, or less so, because I can see it going both ways. <laughs> it's easy to become hard-hearted. Yeah. Um, that kind of environment where you can choose to say, you know what, I, um, I want to I wanna see these systemic issues become better. And so I want to help people work towards something better than this life. Really good. No, I, I really appreciate meddling your heart for all of this. Um, and yeah, just the, you, you speak with such, w with such grace and compassion about all of it and, and such uh, intelligence about it too. It's really clear that you've, th this is your, this is your vocation. Like you've, you've given your life to this in a, in a variety of ways and thought deeply about these matters. So I'm glad to know there's people like you in the world giving of their time and service to others in these types of roles. Um, anything you want to add for our listeners, just as they think about Denver Rescue Mission or, you know, serving others with grace and compassion, any little nuggets to share as we close? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely encourage people to, I think, getting involved with stuff like this was so incredibly eye-opening for me and just seeing the reality, because I know, you know, you hear about it so much in the news um, mm -hmm. and, you know, you hear the mayor talking about it. Um, and it's, but it's so different when you're in the midst of it and you're actually hearing the stories. Mm. It's, I mean, yeah. I can't even explain it. Just hearing the stories is so humbling. I think it makes you really appreciate the stuff that, that you have in your life, the things you've been given. And at the same time, um, it makes you really realize that these kinds of issues are way more complicated than they seem. Um, and I, I would say too, if people are looking for more ways to get involved in this kind of thing, I know they've got, um, in addition to like the short-term volunteer stuff like this, like serving meals, they've also got, um, for their, uh, new life program. So the relapse prevention program and then the transitional housing program, they have a mentor program that you can do. Um, so you can volunteer or sign up to be a mentor. Um, and then they would pair you with someone who's doing those different programs. Um, and so you can, you know, go on outings with them. You can get together with them and just help them process um, what they're going through, what their experiences are. So that's that's a more long-term, um, you know, way that people will sometimes get involved. Um, it's a great way to build connections and just, you know, be a support to this population. Really good. No, thanks for alerting us to that opportunity as well. That sounds... And, and again, that, that just gets at the holistic nature that we're talking about, because um, that's spending time with people, listening to them, hearing their stories, being a listener near, treating them with grace and compassion and humanity, which is probably a huge part of the healing process for folks, too, that we Definitely. so quickly overlook as we're trying to throw Band-Aids on top of everything. So, no, that's great. Um, Madeline, thank you for taking time to just share this with us, to share your heart with us in these ways and for the really good work you do in our city. Um, thank you for giving your time to it in so many different ways. And uh, to you, dear listener of the podcast, thank you for listening. Please uh, feel free to share this episode with family and friends and remember to sign up for the Be the Blessing date on October 21st. Stay in peace, everyone. <laughs>